Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kilda, everyone. You've just got me today. Um, if you're a Culture Vulture listener, then you'll be used to hearing the odd uh, edition of the podcast where it's just me. But this week, Squish is on holiday. He bought a van. I think we talked about it last week, actually. He bought a van and he's gone down south. And so anyway, he's on holiday, but what you might remember is that we thought Nick wasn't going to be doing the shit show anymore, and then I got to Lisbon, and he was, like, keen to come on once every two weeks and do do the shit show to catch up, and now I'm like, actually, Nick, please can you come back every week? Um, so I'm trying to get him to come back on the mic every week, and if you want him here too, send him a DM Um, I'll put his Instagram in the show notes. Tell him that you want him back every week because you're sick of me having to do solo editions of the podcast. And just say he's a really great co-host. But yes, for today, you just have me. I wanted to do a podcast, honestly, because I felt like it. We're in the middle of writing this book. Um, You can pre-order it down below. And I am feeling really like... I need to be doing a million different things at once so that I can feel motivated to do the book, if that makes sense. Like I can't just sit down all day and write. It's like nice to break it up with with a podcast, with some world news, some would say. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. The book's called Make It Make Sense. So hopefully um, I'm going to make some things about the world make sense on this podcast. My weirdest thing that I saw on the internet this week, it's kind of stupid. It's literally, but when are these ever smart? Actually, when are these ever smart? It's just a tweet I saw on Twitter from a account called Wild TikTok Screenshots. And I just related so hard that I wanted to talk to you about it. Okay. My best acting work to date has to be yesterday when I realized I was walking the wrong direction, so I pretended that I got a text message that changed everything and forced me to turn around and walk the other way. Sorry, I've done this. I think it's called social anxiety. But it's like, okay, have you ever done that thing where you're walking down the street and you're like sick of not even being perceived? You're just like, no one look at me, I feel strange, whatever. You pretend you're on the phone. You pretend you get a phone call. Or like you have to leave a room and you don't really know how to do it. So you sort of like pretend to get a phone call. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But this one where it was like you walk the wrong direction because hot girls can't read maps. Not even 
Google ones that tell us the direction we're meant to be walking in. So you pretend that like something has, something's popped up on your phone that has absolutely changed the whole direction of your day and you walk with determination the correct way. Um, that was my weirdest thing that I saw on the internet this week. It's not even that weird, but look, you get what you're given when it's just a solo, looser dish of the shit show. Uh, but I do have some news for you this week because that is why I'm here, of course. The first story I just saw before I got on the mic and I thought it was really interesting and that it was very shit show oriented. So in Australia, the federal government has launched a three-year project to address toxic masculinity on social media. And the reason that I found this quite interesting was obviously we covered Andrew Tate on this podcast. And when I hear toxic masculinity on social media, I think about Andrew Tate, um, because he is the depiction of that. So yeah, in Australia, the federal government has na- has announced that it will fund a three-year trial project tackling harmful messages of toxic masculinity on social media. As I said, the Healthy Masculinities Trial Project is going to receive $3.5 million um, in funding to run both face-to-face and online presentations presentations in schools, sporting clubs, and other community organizations to teach school-aged boys about respectful relationships. Um, And it sort of means that they're not just having to learn about this with their peers. It's going to teach them how to also, you know, deal with things within themselves that might be difficult. Um, It's going to start with boys as young as five years old, and it's looking to counteract like we said, the influences like Andrew Tate and what they can do to young people, young men particularly. And I actually thought, because I remember when we were talking about Andrew Tate, we were sort of saying like, how do social media um, companies combat this? What can they do? Well, they can limit the reach and they can block this hashtag and they can blah, blah, blah. But I remember us being like, how do we actually, like, when things run away on social media, how do you actually stop them? What force can you actually have to combat them? And governments stepping in, like, I'm actually into it to teach about toxic masculinity, to make that something that kids as young as five learn about sort of in school, where you you don't really have a choice. You sort of, you know, kind of like when we all learn about health and things like that. I actually thought this was a really good thing, but I did see some comments online, of course, of people saying, well, shouldn't that be the father's job and shouldn't that be blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, why don't we actually celebrate the fact that we're getting trained professionals into schools, into places that these kids are at? It's being funded. Like, why do we have to be so negative about everything all the time? Um, So I actually thought this was quite a good news story and one that I was really interested in and would love to know your thoughts on so write to me in the newsletter come talk to me about it on Geneva I'll probably write about this in the newsletter actually and get some more people's thoughts there I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My next story is that the Supreme Court in Japan just declared a legal clause requiring transgender people to undergo sterilization to legally change their gender identity unconstitutional. So they struck this down in a way. Um, So sterilizing, for anyone that doesn't know what that means, is basically a permanent method of birth control. And in Japan, um, up until sort of this ruling, transgender people who wanted to legally change their gender had to appeal to a family court and then they had to undergo a psychiatric evaluation and then be surgically sterilized. They also had to be single and without children younger than 18. And that's all just to legally change their gender. So in 2021, Jen Suzuki, a transgender man, filed a court request to have his legal gender recognized as male without undergoing the sterilization surgery, which is quite crazy that that is prescribed like by national law as something that you have to get. So anyway, then this got taken to the Supreme Court and in a unanimous decision, the court said that it is unconstitutional. And so while this is kind of a step forward for LGBTQ rights in Japan, which is actually a nation that's been quite slow to recognize them, it still is kind of a half victory because there's a separate requirement that the court didn't rule on um, that says transgender people also must undergo transition surgery in order to legally register as the gender that they identify, which in practice means that many transgender people, I mean, anyone that hasn't undergone the transition surgery, which is costly and also a choice that some people decide not to make, it's still, the nation is still requiring to do that, requiring them to do that before they're allowed to register as the gender that they identify as. So this case is going back to the high high court for further discussion. Um, and so I, I don't know how long until we're going to know about that. But so, yeah, I thought that was quite, quite interesting also because I didn't know the ins and outs of what it's like for trans people in Japan just to register to be recognized as how they identify. And so that, yeah, there was another story that I feel like flew kind of under the radar, but I found quite interesting. And then the next story, I wrote about this in the newsletter because I saw a tweet about it and hadn't seen it covered in any news outlets yet. But I saw a tweet saying, y'all, my 15-year-old cousin wasn't allowed to go to a protest, so she went to one on Roblox. And I just thought, this feels like something I should look into. Um, And so I did. I did a bit more research. I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't find any news stories about it, but I could find um, on TikTok some videos of kids on Roblox attending. Well, I don't know if they were all kids, actually. People on Roblox attending free Palestine protests, a lot of them I'm assuming because it was not accessible for them to get to a protest in real life. And so the way Roblox works, for anyone that doesn't know, is that Roblox is a platform and it hosts like a bunch, like millions, I'm pretty sure, of user-generated games and experiences so people can build their own, which means that actually by the time I wrote about this, and definitely by the time I'm talking about this, uh, the game that the protest happened in had been deleted. But I just, I thought this was so interesting because 
it shows that young people, like, they really care and they're really engaged, far more engaged than I was uh, when I was, I don't know, 15 or younger than 15. And it also sort of shows maybe how online events are going to continue to intersect with activism, like whether it's even a helpful or good thing. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's just interesting, especially if, you know, the big platforms have the chance to delete games or moderate things. I don't know. It was just really interesting to me. Um, When I was researching this, I saw that it's actually not the first time people have protested on Roblox. So in 2020, protests were held uh, for Black Lives Matter. And then actually just three months ago, Peter took over a Starbucks, which is like a Starbucks, for their vegan upcharge. So on Roblox, they went into their version of Starbucks and protested because in real life, um, if you're a vegan or if you drink alternative milks, it's more expensive. And they were protesting that and they did it on Roblox, which is so buzzy and strange, but like quite cool. Quite cool that it's accessible, you know, for people that can't leave their homes or for people that feel very far away from a cause but want to show up. I think that's quite cool. Um, Yeah, but the reason that I wanted to talk about this one is because it came across my feed as a non-Roblox user, which made me think that the impact of organizing online like this, if it's reaching sort of the mainstream or a non-Roblox user, it's it might become more of a common thing that we're going to see because, and I wrote about this in the newsletter, but like the whole point or one of the points of a protest is to go and show solidarity and stand up for what you believe in and make your voice heard and also be around like collective, a collective of people that believe the same thing as you and try to fight for the action that you want to see, no matter what you're protesting. And so that's one of the reasons. The other reason that you hold a protest is to get the media to cover it and get more awareness for it and hope that the cause reaches more people than the people that just attended the protest. And so I was thinking as I was writing this, you know, if there's a protest happening on Roblox, but it doesn't reach outside of Roblox what's the real impact that it's having it's not like when you're on a street in a city and it's disrupted traffic and it's got um, media attention and it's going further than that cause but then I thought okay well actually this protest happened in Roblox and maybe only a few people were there and they were young people but then I saw a tweet about that and then I wrote about that And now I've actually seen quite a few tweets and TikToks about it. And after this, maybe I'll go and have a look and see if other people have written about it. And so it's actually done exactly what a, well, not exactly, but sort of it's done what an in real life protest aims to do. And it's gone outside of where it happened and brought more awareness to the cause than just, you know, the 30 people or 100 people or whoever, um, however many people attended the protest and so I thought that was really interesting and I wonder if we'll see more and I I I mean I think that we definitely will um especially because games like Roblox and Fortnite and Minecraft and things they are not going away um they're only getting bigger I reckon Gen Alpha the um generation below us or below Gen Z is they're going to be really unique to watch because that's where they spend a lot of their time and it's it's quite foreign to me 
So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I did just want to mention before we move away from sort of this topic that in the morning newsletter and in the show notes, I'm going to be putting um, sources, trusted sources for you to get information on what's happening in Israel, Palestine right now. Like I said, we've been doing this in our newsletter each morning or each day that I send it out because I have been like finding and and getting help from all of you actually in doing this, sort of finding the best places to get information and people that are doing a really good job and not just another random voice with an opinion. Um, And I think that's where we should be going right now, obviously, to get our information rather than me just sort of trying to summarize what they've been saying. Like I think there is real importance in going and writing from and reading from the people on the ground. So that will be in the show notes. There's also places that we can donate. Um, They'll be down in the show notes, places that have been vetted and made sure that they're legitimate and that they're effective. So they will be down there. Also, if you if you want to educate yourself on what's going on, you can listen to our latest two podcasts that we've done. Um, Or again, there's a whole bunch of resources in the newsletter. So that is where all that information is. And I also did want to end this episode with some good news, which I actually saw on TikTok and it was really cute. So I wanted to share it with you. Um, A bunch of you may may have seen this as well. I think it was going around on Instagram too. But Robert Irwin, who we know as the son of Steve Irwin, um, and for anyone that doesn't know, Steve Irwin's like a really famous conservationist, TV personality, like zoo dude. His son, Robert Irwin, to be fair, in his own right, is actually a legend. Um, Robert recently shared footage of the first ever Irwin's turtle that has been hatched in captivity. So the Irwin's turtle is named after Steve Irwin because he was the first person to discover it while he was on a trip with his father, which is obviously Robert's grandfather. And then in the video, you just see Robert holding this tiny turtle and releasing it into the water, into its habitat, and it said, and and he says, this is the very first Irwin's turtle ever hatched for any zoological facility anywhere in the world. It's just so surreal, my dad would be stoked with that. And then it's quite emotional and quite cute. And I don't know, I just felt like that was a bit of a good news story to end this week's strange solo edition of the shit show with. Like I said, you um, should go and tell Squish or Nick that you want him on each week. I am going to put his Instagram in the show notes so that you can go and send him messages. You can also subscribe to the newsletter. You can pre-order our book called Make It Make Sense. You can listen to Culture Vulture. You can find us on TikTok. Honestly, wherever you want us, you can probably find us. But until next week, (laughs) I'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.